We running this, let's go. I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me, cause I'm sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat. Greetings everyone, welcome to episode 39 of Salt Ships and Scuttlebutt, a World of Warships podcast. I, Gryfer, have returned from my um, exile after um, a birthday stream. Things may have gone a little bit haywire, but we won't bring up any of that. Welcome to Captain Greeny. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm still very happy, and I'd still like to thank you once again for a fantastic birthday stream. We got a lot of good emotes for the Discord server, so thank you. That's okay. If you, if you missed it, if you don't know what happened, my daughter, for donations, she painted me in makeup. I looked like a really bad joker, because she painted me in foundation that went white, and she put green, green highlights on my cheekbones. You look like just the world's most depressed clown who was still trying to be a clown. Like you kind of just showed up, like you just showed up at the fair and you're just looking, you're like, I did my balloon trick. Please laugh. You're the Jeb Bush of clowns. How about that? Oh, and then if you really got to miss it, my daughter, then my wife got the, um, we had pastry cream pie cakes. We had the pastry. We filled it up with um, whipped cream and jam and they both got to push them into my face. That was good too. Oh, yes, yes. And we won't talk about Jelly Bellies being boozled. Um, if you ever had being boozled, and if you haven't tried being boozled, um, you should. Agree. Have you tried being boozled? Ah, uh, yes. Mm, I might send. Ah, uh, yes, some. I have. I might send you some uh, for your next Genshin Impact stream. I'll cry. Speaking of which, I will be going back to streaming. I'm going home for a whole week, not this upcoming week, but the following week. It's Thanksgiving, um, North America, or especially in the um, USA, in a fortnight, isn't it? Yeah. It, what's a fortnight again? Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm leaving school on the 19th, and I'll be back on like the 27th or something. Ah, you're looking forward nice. to having a week off from um, your education? It's, it's going to be nice to chill out. It's going to be nice to say hi to my dogs, and it's going to be nice to you know, sleep in my own bed and yeah, live in my own house. It'll 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 be nice. My roommates here aren't terrible. The food's gotten exponentially worse at the cafeteria. Um, but at the end of the day, things could be a lot worse here. But nothing beats home, you know. Can you cook food in your own room? Like if you bought one of those portable camping stoves with um, a gas bottle, could you, could you whip up something yourself, or is that frowned upon? They they okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay this out for you again. They confiscated my tums because you can overdose on tums. They claim. Um, Do you think they'd give me an open flame? That's why you smuggle it in. Yeah, my asshole isn't that big to fucking <laughs> shove that up there. But to answer your question... If you don't try, you'll never succeed. To answer your question without going into a uh, topic of assholes, um, they do have a few communal cooking devices we have microwave we have a coffee maker we had two toasters now we have one toaster because a student punched one of the toasters for some reason and we have a, a microwave oven actually so after this after we finish recording the podcast i have some salami i have some uh, uh swiss cheese i have some sourdough bread and i'm gonna go out and make a nice melt for dinner so we we can cook the problem is is we can't we can only really cook for dinner 
we can't come back to the dorms and cook for lunch. So, you know, during the week, yeah, during the week, it's a toss up. Some days it'll be like, oh yeah, it's Chinese, you know, it'll be like, uh, you know, Chinese chicken and rice and everybody will be happy and get 19 plates. And then the next day it'll be the soggiest pizza known to man and like fish bits. And it's just inedible. So there's also today, uh, just this very morning, actually, they ran out of food for brunch. Wow. So students didn't eat brunch. Wow. First world issues. First world issues. Yeah, I know. So the long and the short of this is please send me more Tim Tams. I, I will do. Maybe with some uh, bean boozled. And if, if you do have a request, actually, if you do have a request for, maybe I could send um, Greeny some chili paste in a tube that he can suck down. If you have requests, let me know if it's on Amazon. I can send it to Greeny. Yeah, I mean, like I said, when I'm home, I'll be going home for Christmas as well, and I'll I'll, I'll eat that shit on stream, and you can make emotes of me. It'll be great. Oh, There's actually one other thing I want to do quickly, one other person I want to thank, uh, an avid listener and always first uh, when it comes to my history questions. Edward Pello, uh, his Discord handle, is actually sending me, I don't know if I told you this, but he's sending me a um, history book on the uh, Royal Navy's actions uh, against the French fleet in the Mediterranean. Oh, that'd be so I'd like awesome. just, It is, so I'd like to reach out and thank Mr. Pello for that. And, um, yeah, thank you for your patronage, and thank you for your book. I will read it, and I will send it back to you. With um, stainage. No, no stainage. It's not that type of book. <laughs> uh, all right. So in the, last week, I know um, yourself... Um, optical optics and uh, Gaishu did discuss the Pan America cruiser line that was just announced but there has been a lot of debate on the NA forums and other channels about this line mainly in that it seems to be taking the easy way out of rebadging current British, Italian and US ships giving them slight tweaks here or there and then releasing as the Pan America Cruiser. Now, since the game was launched, there have been many dedicated people that have proposed a Pan America Cruiser line with real ships. Now, I, I know Wargaming replied in the forum saying that um, that they will, where they can, incorporate real ships, but that smacks to me of, um, we're just going to release the real ships as premiums, and he can have a, a line of four ships that did exist and six that never really were going to happen. I think. Sorry, I was going to say, do you think they really missed an opportunity here? I think they both did, and I think that this also might kind of be the right decision. And and I'll and I'll defend. I know I heard the gasps. I heard them, even though they didn't even happen yet. But I'll I'll talk about it here now. Yep. The thing is, I think that they really missed the mark because at the end of the day, there's a lot of there. There's a good deal of uh, South American ships that are famous. Mm-hmm. The problem is the amount of South American ships that are famous compose the vast majority of South American naval ships. When it comes to substantial naval units, I, I know a lot of these nations uh, are now, they, they have large navies, they have frigates, destroyers, the whole Sheboinga. Um, that we're playing to get- yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. During the time frame, they didn't have all that much. And I think that it's both a slap in the face and the right move to make because you know, it's a slap in the face because there, there's free-to-play payers. I mean, um, oh, what's what's the 
I, I, I worked a very, 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 very long day at work here. So I'm trying to remember the name um, of the gentleman. Do you remember the gem- gentleman we had on um, King Corix? Yes. King Corix's wife, uh, we gave that Brazilian ship to. You had the ship code, you gave it to me, and I gave it to her. She was ecstatic because she's Brazilian and she wanted that Brazilian ship because it's a piece of, of her heritage. It's, yes. it's history. And I think that there's a lot of people who kind of share that sentiment and are going to be upset if it's behind a paywall or something. But at the end of the day, you can only have so many paper ships in the game. You know? Well, I, I still think they, they could have, like, I. I... Like, there's a beautiful um, link that was on this that went through the tier 1 to the tier 10 of ships that may not have been built, but these were ships that were designed, that were on paper, that had a theme. Like, it looked like the theme was 152mm guns with crawling smoke. This Now, these are player-driven themes, but they did have weaknesses as well. Um, but they, they looked a lot... They looked at least playable like that they weren't a bad line and these were based on real ships and using their real assets so i i i really think me personally they they could have done something else but the problem is to do that they would have had to have designed new models for each one of these ships because they would have been unique um for a lot of them they wouldn't have been just carbon copies of here's a fiji here's a duka de Ostar type thing here's a worcester with less guns like it would have taken them a lot longer to do yeah that's that's the thing i i, I don't want people to be misconstrued and think that i'm happy to see a line of pseudo worcesters and a whole bunch of ships that kind of belong in other nations in this tree but uh I, I I I hope they rework it. I don't think they will because it's been announced. But I think me, yeah, I, think I they missed a mark. I think they missed a mark. Like like yeah, with I, the, the US alternate BB line with the Vermont Kansas. I think they missed a mark there as well. What do you think they missed in in regard to that? Oh, they shouldn't. Have, they, they could have done. We could discuss that another one. I didn't prepare that, but I don't think it should have been the battleship line. Um, they got, they went down. I can't recall the other. You you think it should have been the the Sodak the was it the, the the other the the other real line alternate? I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, there there's the this. Are you talking about? Because there there's a conceptual tree floating around where it was like a Sodak at tier eight as opposed to a North Cal. Uh, South Dakota, essentially yes, like a yes, Massachusetts. Yes. I was going to say the and then, of the South Dakota, and then and then like a continuation on the Dakota yes. design. Yeah, that I uh, see. This it, is the same uh, thing. You have an opportunity to bring something that potentially could have been real that people want to see, and what we get is complete. And look, maybe they're trying to bring different aspects into the game, but. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I think. I think it's a it's a different aspect because if you put the Sodak and everything else into the game and the, and that design continuation, you just get American Battleships Part Two, except they're shorter, you know. Which I, I think would be interesting. And as a naval historian, I lo- I'd love to see every version of everything in the game. But I also understand that at the end of the day, this is a game, and you need variety in the game. But something still surprised me. Like this week, we got announced, or just overnight um the but there's a new pan European dd line split i'm like hang on like wait what there's a we're, we're having a new pan european uh, dd line from tier 5 to 10 now these are based i, I haven't even based off existing 
they're based off existing um, vessels, again, like British clones, like the Bliskawik as a sister ship, etc., etc. I won't go through. There is a dev blog for that. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I didn't even see this. So I, I didn't even know this was a thing. But you, you look at lines like Canada, yeah, it could be the Commonwealth. I, I really think Canada could have had their own DD line. Um, like, wh why are we churning out these lines? Like, we've, we've got a, a, a Spanish line, we've got a, a Dutch line. Um, sorry, someone's flushing the button. <laughs> oh my goodness, two weeks in a row. Let's go. We're not even discussing <laughs> Japanese cruisers. Yeah. And, um, like, why are we going down? Like, we've got there's Turkey, there's Norwegian, there's Swedish. We, we could have had the Swedish line in for the pan Europeans. There was no need to have a line split. Like, most of the um, pan Europeans were Swedish anyway, so they could have created a few paper ships. I, I really think they're slightly hitting the mark here. What's the okay? So, I'm, I'm looking through this right now, the, the dev blog on the pan European DDs, because I didn't even see this come up today. I didn't. I didn't really see any discussion about this, but I'm just seeing British destroyers, British destroyers, the Grom, yes. which I'm. I'm happy to see. Um, You've got the Yugoslavian destroyer that was. Uh, yeah, that it's was a British destroyer. It's a British destroyer was launched in the fifties, but um, they're doing. But it was based off, I think, the Le Fantasque, or was that the? Um, no, that's the 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 tier ten is based off of the, the Mogador. Mogador. Yes, yes, but I think the um, split one's based off the Le Fantasque, even though it was being built by the British. Yeah, what? What? Why do we need a pan-European Mogador? Hello. Don't know. And potentially, it's going to have radar, but we'll leave that. To <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Wait. So there, there's going to be a a, a Mogador-esque ship in the game with radar. You, you read the top. It says that the eight to ten is going to have a radar. So a, a Mogador-esque ship is going to have radar. Um, let me get that exact. Starting destroyers will be equipped with smoke generator and starting a tier rate with the surveillance radar consumable. So you don't know if you have to take smoke or radar or if you get both. Um, and they're meant to be gunboats. Apart from that, they'll be equipped with engine boost, the main battery of the new European destroyers. They have good damage per salvo. Have flat ballistic shells from tier seven, and they have torpedoes. So uh, yeah, it's gonna have the, you're gonna have a tier ten Mogador with the radar potentially. It's, it's, oh. it's going to be called potentially called the Gdansk, Gdansk, Silent G. Gdansk. Or we're just going to call it the Dank. Okay. The Dank. I. This is just something. What the? F what is this? It is. Does that? Rush is that Russian forty-seven, forty-five millimeter aim? What? This. Okay. This is confusing me. We're going to move on. <laughs> this thing is weird. I. But yeah. For the Pan American Cruiser, I would have loved to have seen a more historical line. I think they missed a mark. Um, the, the there's a, there's a, there's a lot of negativity or surprise, not negativity, surprise. I'd say from the um, community with these nations touch upon that um, they didn't get more unique ships. So yeah, I I just. Uh... I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. These are gonna be interesting. I think to circle back to the Pan American cruisers. I think they're gonna be interesting too, because from what I seem seem, it's gonna be the tier nine and ten are gonna be Worcesters with torpedoes and funny buttons. Um, what, like, what, yeah, we, we just need more HE spamming boats at tier ten. Yeah, uh, yeah, like 
10, uh, the, I mean, obviously the rate of fire is going to matter, but if I have a funny button that can negate like the rate of fire issue uh, and, and it's going to, I don't, I don't think they're going to give these cruisers like six kilometer torpedoes, which means we're probably going to be dealing with another pan Asian style of just deep water HE spammers. So yeah. And as somebody who just got the Xenon, I mean, I'm not opposed hey, to it. The it's fun. The best. You treat it more like a destroyer than a cruiser, and you'll be the best yeah. T10 cruiser out there with your deep water tops. No, oh, yeah, I, I love the Xenon. I, I play it very much. Uh, actually, if, if we want to take a little bit of a tirade here about what I'm grinding, I grind out the Xenon, and right now I'm grinding out the Shimikaze and the Harugumo. Have you and not I think the Shimikaze or Harugumo? No, I've had the Gumo. I'm regrinding the Gumo for research, research bureau points. Point, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's an easy line. It's a good line. I mean, because you have the Metakaze, good. Hatsuharu, okay. Chiritsuyu, great. Akazuki, gunboat. Grug can do that. Kitakaze, yeah. yeah, gunboat. Harugumo, gunboat. It is gunboat. a fun line to constantly yeah. go through. But I, I've been grinding the Shimakaze line, and the reason I didn't have the Shimakaze line is because I suck at laying torpedoes. And... So I, it just wasn't worth the time investment for me, you know? Yeah. It wasn't worth me to put the time in to grind the line and have a torpedo bait, or, you know, a heavily torpedo-focused ship line that I can't use because I blow acid torpedoes. And then I started grinding out the line, and I found out, lo and behold, um, I'm not all that bad at torpedoes. So... <laughs> Well, Greeny, Greeny's now going to be a 20k Shimikaze player out there. He's going to get yep, the I'm gonna, Yep, I'm going to... I might get Yamagiri. I might, I might, I might. I don't know. I mean, I'm after every ship in the game. I'm, I'm in the phase where I'm kind of collecting them. So, yeah, and we'll look, see. I, I haven't... We're not going to discuss Black Friday or Santa Christmas events. They're going to come up soon. Soon, Like, we'll probably do the Black Friday crates coming up and then Santa crates. So, I, I, I do recommend that if you've got the credits, especially for your um, tier 8 and 9, the... That's at Christmas time, the ones that you can get steel for for each one of those vessels. Yeah, hold on to them. Um, make sure you hold on to them or start buying them now for credits. Um, I, I'm not sure if that reward system will let you redeem ships that you've owned previously but don't have currently in your port or if you have to currently own them. So, I think it's going to be a, an in-your-port type I, deal. I, I think it is too. I think it is too, but... Um, we never know until we actually test. I didn't test that with the previous iteration. That that might be something worth. Um... Isn't? I I think that yeah. I think there's that. And didn't they put something in the dev blog about getting RB points for certain ships? Didn't they put that out there? Uh, or am I delusional? You might be delusional. But look, we'll touch upon that in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. But coming Good up, we, we did get a dev blog this last week, three ninety, and it talked about new vessel costs. It doesn't say how much they will go for, but this this was actually a nice blog. So there were four vessels coming out. We've got a Dutch destroyer, the Trump, will be available for coal. Uh, the Commonwealth cruiser Hector T nine will be available for research points. So being T nine. Um, I expect about 48,000 because that's what 44, 48, that's what the Siegfried went for. I don't remember how much the Parlor Emilio went for. Um, so we'll see. I, I expect the mid 40s. So Commonwealth Cruiser Brisbane will be available for coal. So that's a T10 Worcester radar, no smoke. I'm expecting that probably in the mid 230s, 240s. Um, and German Destroyer Z42 be available for steel. Look, these boats, just without going into any of their stats or figures, 
Some of them actually look pretty good. Are there any that you would like to get greeny? Um, the the Brisbane, the Hector, and the Z forty two all interest me. I don't really care about the Trump. Um, I never, I haven't really been good at landing airstrikes, so I don't care I, about I, a destroyer. I've probably got to agree. The Z forty two looks like it's going to be a great DD. We're going to touch upon that a little bit later. Oh yeah, it's Hector, um, look like they're going to be fun as well. The Hector is uh, now. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but in our talk with Drakinefeld, uh, we talked about that whole line of cruiser designs, and uh, they, it fits into the vein of cruisers that I like to play, uh, yes. light AT cruisers. So it's. I think it's going to be good. It's going to be something I'm going to eventually pick up, and I'm grinding RP for it right now. Brisbane Cole, that's going to be good. I I already. Ground out for it. I reset my Japanese line um, five times. Um, I just freaks. I, I had free XP. Yes, I'm, I'm a whale. I had free XP coming out of the kazoo, and I still do. So I just reset it five, six times, and now I've got like eighty-five thousand research points. Oh, I have three uh, XP convert XP at the moment. Three free XP. <laughs> just play the game more, Green. You'll get more. I I have been playing the game, but I've been buying credits and or I've been buying modules and ships and stuff. So I'm low on credits and RP. Yep. Look, looking forward to the Hector. The Brisbane's going to be. It's only coming into testing in um, December's patch, and um, having don't know about the Z42 off top of my head uh, from the dev blogs, but the, the Hector I think and the Trump will probably. Um, don't know when they're coming out, but just based upon when they're in the test cycle, etc., and that um, they're available for testing now, I, I think they'll come out before the other ones. Yeah, that's, I, th that's I think just it's my personal feeling. No, and, and I agree one hundred percent. So yeah, looking forward to those. But now we've still got the second week of the IGN light cruisers. So early access is for the Japanese cruisers. Um, have you seen many of them in game, Captain Green? In rank, I, I have killed a lot of them. <laughs> um, fair, I've I've killed a few as well. Ha, have you enjoyed playing? Well, I've played them. I, I have played them. Um, I'll go through how how I would enjoy playing these cruisers. But have your thoughts changed on these cruisers? I I still think they're going to be interesting. I'm not judging the line because I only have the tier five through the uh, event, I've been kind of slammed at school, so I haven't been able yep. to absolutely bang out all of these, uh, you know, get all these tokens and everything, but uh, now that I have a little bit of a free time today and tomorrow, it's definitely something I'm going to be doing. But I, overall, I, I still think the line's going to be interesting. We have good good guns. Um, they, they, oh, no. That's probably my contention about the line. The torpedoes are awesome. They've got great range torpedoes, and um... I've liked the torpedoes when they hit, they hit hard. The, the ships are actually fairly maneuverable, I've found. Like, um, something shoots at you, you nose in towards the shells, and they'll miss. So I found that's really good. The guns I have put on IFHE, they're 152mm. That's my personal opinion. You need that extra pen. Actually, um, they're 150s. Excuse 150s, me. 150s, sorry. I, I thought mm. I can't remember. But either way, I've put on IFHE. Um... Now, some games, I think the guns are the biggest issue because they are inconsistent in that sometimes you'll do big damage numbers with the salvo. It all depends on the enemy's layout to you. If you get a DD, you can absolutely murder him. Um, some games, you don't get a fire. Like, you can have 100 shell hits and 
you just don't get that fire and if you don't take off take IFHE then some of those vessels you're not going to pen them either um, so that, that is why I've gone for IFHE I actually put it on if you've got a 10 point captain I would put IFHE on before concealment now hear me out why because if you're going to open water you're not going to be concealed anyway if you're behind the island your concealment doesn't matter anyway um so i, I yeah but the pen the pen is something you consistently need the pen is something you consistently need so but that is why if you've only got a 10 point captain aim for that ifhe in my opinion first if you if you think that is wrong send your um opinions to captain green <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't... Wait a minute. I already have to go and, and deal with the Reddit. I, I don't want to have to deal with... Actually, you want to know what? No, send the HR my way. I'll fight them too. HR, HR complaints go to Greeny. He especially loves Reddit, no. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think for a 10-point captain, go for IFHE over conceal. Look, you can conceal means you can get in, get, get your torps, but because they're generally longer range... I use them as an area denial tool where I can, especially if you're in a kiting position. Again, these cruisers will work great if you're rear in, because um, that way you can control the engagement with your speed and even your concealment. Um, they do lack a lot of range for some of these vessels, so you've got to play them carefully. But I, I think my biggest gripe is the consistency of damage from the guns. You can hit, even with IFHE, you can hit tons and tons, and just the, the damage doesn't add up like um as you go up through the high tiers like some games in the um t10 over 100k sometimes you've hit all your shells and like it's an 80k game it's like you're just not getting that consistency or you give up the ifh and you put in a fire build and um then you hope to burn them down so do these have uh do these have improved sorry to interrupt you but i'm just looking at the, st the ship stats here do these have the improved ifa or the improved at pen because it's right stock at, you know, 150s. They're chilling at 30 millimeters of penetration on the HE. Um, which tier are you looking at? The tier 10, the Yodo. I thought I... Um, unless I'm, like, schizophrenic. Because, like, what's the... Here, what's something else with 150s? I thought I'd put IFHE when I last played them, when I checked the pen. I could be wrong. Well, no, the, the, I mean, regardless, you still need IFHE to break that 32 millimeter yes, threshold. For the 32 so millimeter BBs. I, I still very, I still very much agree with the 32 or with the IFHE, but I, but, I was just but thinking. That if, you can melt the cruisers. They only have 27, 28. Well, it was that. And I was just wondering if 30 millimeters of pen was standard for 150s. No, um, base. I wouldn't have thought it. Was, I, could be. I thought it was less. Eh, I don't know. I've derailed the conversation again. Mazel tov. Oh, that's okay. But um, yeah, that, that, that is generally how I would build those Japanese cruisers around IFHE. Once you get above 10, 14, you put CE, then you can look at torpedoes. or I'll, I'll put Adrenaline Rush as well. These, these cruisers, um, to get a heal, will take damage. They've got good armor. Um, but um, Adrenaline Rush to get your guns ready to fire up because that's going to be your main weapon of choice any other yeah or... i th i think they're going to be interesting they've certainly been fun to fight against um by fun i mean i either punch it into the ground with my burger or i get farmed into the ground in my burger you know um i i think it's going to be i think they're i think they're an okay addition to the game i think they're just going to be like the normal japanese cruisers they're going to exist yep. yep they're going to have the people who play them 
but they're not going to be like anything meta shaking for comp or, or meta shaking for the game. I don't think. Yeah, that's fair enough. And a new season of clan battles is upon us. Uh, we're only a few sessions in. I, I I know that people aren't really looking at metas at the moment. People are just playing boats because meta changes or boat builds um, change once teams start winning and they see what they they're doing and people just copy past to them um I, I know you're looking after the z guys and even the y guys have you have you seen any of the lineups or what do you think you've seen that have been potentially strong lineups in the early sessions um i've seen a lot of st vincent's um uh, you know this it, as the you know people would say in the competitive side of thing the st vincent patches hit yeah. Uh, I think that people are really kind of waking up to it. There's still a lot of people uh, using the older kind of meta of Battleship, though. So, you know, there's still Kremlins, still Montes, still Ohios, which I don't think is a downgrade. You know, you can still play a Montana very well and have it uh, perform in a Clan Battles environment, but it's just simply not a St. Vincent. Um, I've seen a few Conquerors. I've seen Conquerors and, as well. They, they have yeah. melted, but they've also been annoying to play against yeah and there's a few strip people running christopher columbo's and burgers love love christopher columbo's and burgers by the way have seen a few of the new t10 french heavy cruiser double marseilles um, yeah they, 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 i have they, seen a lot of marseilles hard to deal with like if you're in a petro or something that snows in because even though they have slowish rate of fire they generally get one to two fires upon you every salvo so yeah um they, they have been annoyingly frustrating i haven't seen dd heavy get teams like um no i was gonna say for for cruisers i you see a lot of petro and napoli which i still think is going to be king which means yeah. i think they're they're going to get Napoli, shot down Napoli, early on Petro we're gonna, probably going to get I've seen a lot of Napoli's I've seen teams run four or five Napoli's um, the skill gapoli you, you mean <laughs> a lot of Napoli's out there um, it's probably going to get limited to one maybe one with the Petro um, yeah I think I think it's going to go back down to one for each oh uh, look Petro and then Petro's not as annoying because as I said the Marseille deals with it very oh yeah so. You could also you could also do what a, a few clans that I've been seeing doing and, and run a Columbo and just donkey stomp Petros. But yeah. I'm not supposed to talk about because that's internal strats. <laughs> but how many Petros? Sometimes we haven't. I haven't seen Stalingrad's. Des Moines has been a very rare boat to see so far. Same yeah, you still same. see them though. You still do, but they're, they're not as frequently seen. Um and yeah, the, the high DD comps. I haven't seen like two or three Marso's, barely seen a Ragnar. Smallin's been more common. Seen a Smolensk once, and um, he had a fun game of living. But yeah, it, the Smallin. I've played the Napoli, and when when I'm in that boat and I can run down the Smallin with my secondaries and main guns because they had to force try to get to a cap, it's not yeah. fun for a DD. It is absolutely no. fun. Oh, actually, I saw a... I think Y ran into a team running four Austins. Wow, hopefully they won. They hopefully, did. Hopefully the Austins had smoke or something. I think I think Jorn absolutely executed one of them. Oh, that would have been <laughs> awesome to see. Like, I yeah, say, was... If you had an Austin with like a gearing or a smoke Yu Yang or something like that. Um, oh, we saw a Yu Yang, but he was smoke and not radar. What? Yeah, exactly. Blasphemous. Blasphemous. Uh, but as I said, it, it's it's 
early weeks. So people are still, two BBs, people are still coming down to what they're comfortable with their players and what's effective against other boats and what people are bringing. So Yeah, we're, we're early into a, argue, I think, one of the longest clan battle seasons ever. Because uh, this is going through Christmas. Yeah, but and... it's always like this at Christmas. They extend it by a few weeks because of Christmas and New Year's and people get two to three weeks off and they expect that people won't be available to play. Yeah. Uh, one random thing, a big, big thank you to the people who decided that clan battles... Um, for your max rewards, it doesn't have to be forty-five total wins. They've gone. Yep. Back to thank you. So I, whoever whoever did that at Wargaming, I'm buying you a drink. Thank so, you. So am I. Uh, like last season, that tier rate was just so dull trying to get those forty-five wins, and adding flags back again. We should have. I should have added the rewards. Like um, they only did it for Typhoon, but still getting some rewards other than thirty days of premium and steel. It, it's nice I, I would happily love to see options in the um in the clan battle section where you say you want steel or you'd rather have flags or you'd rather have research bureau points give players the option of what they want to collect maybe going forward that that could be something they used to do that where you could get um you could get the camos or 30 days premium or was it sorry 300,000 or 150,000 for xp or 30 days premium um, that used to be when you completed Storm, and I'd, I'd love to see those kinds of options again where you can pick what reward you want. Mm. I, I I think that that'd be great. And yeah, we're we're going to, I think we're, you know, rotating back to the meta discussion. I think we're definitely just going to see a, a, a shift in meta after bans come out, and then things are going to stagnate a little bit more. Right now, it's just kind of the Wild West phase. It's going to be cruiser heavy, especially with these heavy cruisers like the French ones that like you take a lot of dds that you could just pin like isolate a cruiser or a dd and you can gun them down or another bb but having these cruisers that can just live like a goliath i reckon we're going to see goliaths in the end maybe on the off flank um nope don't tell addy <laughs> well it's just going to be able to heal it's just going to be able to heal with the super heal i think the difference between a lot of ships like the Goliath and ships like the Napoli is the fact that the Napoli has a heel, but is made out of cinder blocks and asbestos. Yes. The Goliath is made out of a paper bag and just has a lot of patches, if that kind of makes sense. I, I will predict we will not see many Gibraltars or Druids, unless it's a meme comp. No, don't say that. <laughs> I think... Gibraltar, the powerful. I'm putting all my chips on hey, Gibraltar hey. for the clan battle season. I I was um, once part of um, this wonderful clan called SCCC, and early in each season we would do national flavors. So we would pick seven ships all of the same nation. So we'd do the British ones. So there'd be a radar minnow, there'd be a Goliath, there'd be a Druid, and there'd be a Gibraltar. And like, because it's early on, you'd still be winning. But it was just God bless. <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious running just um, unique flavors for each nation of just only that that nation and trying to at least have one of every ship. No, yeah, that that's fun. Stuff like that's always great. Yeah, you can only really do it late or early. Um, unless you're pushing for something. So, yeah, clan, ba clan battles are on. Um, so, if you haven't tried clan battles, you can always put yourself up for mercs in the Looking for Division. I do recommend that Discord's getting in touch with um, clans. Even if you're not in a clan, you can still 
play clan battles as a merc. If you're in the lower tier clans, um, it's never a bad time to offer yourself to merc for a higher tier clan. If they're looking for players, get a bit more steel, get a bit more experience, and and so so forth. Because um, that, yeah, it's it, it's a good way just to get the better loot. Yeah, it's merking's always fun. You get to run into a whole bunch of different people with a whole bunch of different comps and a whole bunch of different spins on things. So you know, it'll be nice to play a game and end up. You know, learn potentially learning something from somebody. And I'm still forever grateful. It's no CVs, no submarines, no super ship season. Oh yeah, no, that's exactly what this needed. Satsumas and Condes, please. Oh, or someone would go. I'm going to bring Yamagiri or Edgar. Oh God, Edgar. Patri Delana. Patri would be very spicy. It would be different. It would be different. Um. Also this week in DevBlog 389, we got an announcement for, wait for it, it's been a long time coming, new vessel upgrades. So they call it upgrades, but I swear a while ago they, they wanted to call them alternate builds rather than unique upgrades because they're not really upgrades, some of them. Some of them are downgrades that focus on firepower or builds or something else. Yeah, I, I still have the Kabaros Glad mod, and I can tell you with 100% honesty, that piece of shit has never been on my boat. <laughs> uh, I've got most of them. I don't have the CVs. I don't play a lot of CVs to make it worthwhile, but um, I probably will get them all. So starting in 11.11, so that's early December, the following ships will be added. So they're going to rename certain ships, like the um, is going to have a ship called the Ravina. They haven't announced, and so there was the Venezia Halland, the Petra Pavlosk, the MVR, the Vermont, the Christopher Colombo, the Albing, the Golden Lion, Admiral Nakamov. So they're going through these vessels for alternate upgrades. Now, one that wasn't on there, that surprised me that it's been out for a long time, is the Goliath. No love for Addy's favorite ship. Yeah, um, it's it's weird the ships that they're putting on there because there's also like the Columbo and a whole bunch of other interesting ships and I'm not quite sure how they're going to put um, modules on these. Like, what, what, I mean, we could do some theory crafting if you want. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm thinking. Like, um, some of these, like, what would you do? Because generally, you're giving up module five or six. You're usually giving up concealment or uh, rate of fire or range for something that's alternate, like um, your tops do more damage or something like that. Like, look at the Klebers. The Kleber, um gives up or gets extra concealment for... Uh, longer firing guns um, but that puts it down to a 6.1 kilometer tech clip air that you can torp every 60 seconds with great torp angles up to 8k so some of them on, on paper can work as a meme but to take them seriously how would you build what like what would you see for a golden line as a build that's the thing because with the golden line there's only so much you can do you know it's it's so it's got to be something around the guns or the um, I think the airstrikes. Um, I've seen a lot of people theorizing that it's going to be sacrificing some semblance of maybe AA or adding a little bit longer reload for another charge of the airstrike, which I don't know about that. That no, I think that that's, that's an alternate playstyle though. That that's 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 just making something powerful that you already have. 
Well, yeah, but how, what's the alternate play style for a Guden I, I, Liu? I, I would keep the same airstrikes, maybe sacrifice some of your AA and make it another 2k range on your airstrike. The Guden Liu would give it a module to give it another play style. I mean, it's a, it's a brick of a cruiser with AA. But you'd be giving up your concealment or your rate of fire for it as well. No, yeah. But that's kind of the thing. I don't know, like, even something like Elbing, I can see uh, the leg mod for Elbing doing something like with the torpedoes. Because the Elbing torpedoes are still a threat. But there, there could be some semblance of a, of, a, of a mod that, you know, takes away a little bit of mobility, even though you already move around like a pregnant hippopotamus. Like, um, like, and, and some gun range, and add maybe some torpedo speed or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, um... You look at the BBs, the Montana one does all these roundabout DCP. Same with Hindenburg, you can build it to get eight second fires. Um, so it's not always about damage, sometimes it's about surviving. So maybe Petra Pavlos would give up concealment, but she could only burn for 10 seconds with a fire based upon the certain. Yeah. So it's an alternate build, but it just means it makes it more tanky for something that's already tanky. No, well, eh, maybe, maybe it'd be do something with the fires then for the Gudenliu. Because uh, it takes BB fires, maybe maybe it takes it down to what? Maybe it removes uh, no, because it couldn't it couldn't remove a fire slot because then you'd be down to two fire slots if you take FPE. Hmm. Or can you even take FPE on? No, not not on. Um, not on the Guden. Not on cruisers. Otherwise, Stalingrad would still be an interesting choice here or there. Oh uh, yeah, so may, maybe it does. Maybe it does something like that. Maybe you get more one less uh, fire slot on your yep. ship. But like I think Helen maybe has same torp range but faster torps with because um, you're giving up module um, six you'd have slower rate of fire so um, like you look at something like the daring its alternate playstyle is to give up slot five your concealment to have torps that reload quicker and do more damage but that's nearly counterintuitive in a slow boat to give up your vision. Yeah, I don't know. Holland, I think they they could do something interesting, potentially with the Holland leg mod. But I also don't know what direction you'd take that in. MVR, I think it's just because a lot of the the CV uh, ones are just straight upgrades. You know, more more damage on stuff. Yeah, so really, I think the, it's really weird. Like the CVs seem to be a bit overpowered. Like um the 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 dive the midway ones is basically beautiful for their dive bombers. Yeah, it's just a straight upgrade. It's literally just more damage on your right. HE dive bombers. And I'm pretty sure the hack leg mod increases... Hold on, let me just pull it up. Even the audacious one um, lets you get in close and cycle your planes quicker. I'd hate to see what the Nakamov, yeah. I hate to see what the Nakamov one is. Oh, look, we'll give you more alpha damage or more planes per squadron. <sighs> but, um... But now... This, this raises a few a few questions. So we, we've had a few vessels like the Grosserkerfers and the Haberoska move off to reward vessels. They're now obtainable for coal, but they still have legendary modules. Or Sorry, not, they're not called legendary modules anymore. They're called alternate playstyles or unique upgrades. Should we have premium vessels or other reward vessels like a Hayette for research points? Um, have an option for unique upgrades. I think the potential's there, and I think that eventually it is going to happen. Um, 
I don't. I think that it's going to come after a lot of the line ships get theirs because I, I know the only reason like Moskva and Kabarovsk have leg upgrades is because they were they got their upgrades in the first round when uh, the legendary upgrades came out and they were still tech tree at the time, you know. So that that's kind of why they have it. But I think that stuff like the Hayate will will get it, and even ships like the Z forty two and stuff like that. I think they're all going to eventually end up with it. But I, I think that's going to be a, a bit down the down the road, you know. That, no submarine unique upgrades yet. Um, yeah, no. There's maybe self explosion, but um... yeah, no. I'm hold on. Let me just the, the let me just quote all the doomsayers in the forums. It's going to be a. It's going to give you a nuclear Los Angeles attack nuclear attack submarine, and it's going to blow everything up the millisecond the game loads in. Brrr. That, ah, that, that, that leads me on to my next point, though. Um, so these are all the T-10s, the unique upgrades. What about super ships? Uh, no. I don't, I don't think they should get them, because the super ships are already tier 12, dude. Some of them are. Some, some of them are, some, yeah. Some like the Conde, the Conde and the Annapolis are tier twelve. The Shatsuma's tier twelve, but like the, the, the Hanover, the Yamagiri for me is um, just more torps. It's it's still just a shimmer. The Hanover, I I've actually enjoyed. I've got very big damage games with her, but that's just playing her not by pressing W and dying first off. Well, well, that is not like most Hanovers, so. Um, but yeah, d- dude, imagine an Annapolis with like the Des Moines leg mod. Oh, to, um, to I think I I think I just shoot myself. Go forward, go backward around an island. Yeah, but you still you only be getting used two front turrets, so it'd be still more like a Des Moines. I'd I'd like to see it. I would actually like to see multiple unique upgrades, more than, more than one option. Like I, I mentioned the Daring's one. I've mentioned the Hindenburg, the Worcester dude. <sighs> But the uh, longer concealment, <laughs> if you give up your concealment, like unless you unless you have a smoke bitch, um, and that's your plan to do that, there, there is no way I would take that solo in randoms. It, it, you, you don't even get the steering gear mod to. Um, uh, I, I would like to see multiple alternate upgrades that you it it it'd make it more interesting. It would for me anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Uh... I have to see what they announce with these changes. We, we know that they're yeah. coming. They haven't announced what the changes actually are proposed for each of those boats. That's why we're doing it a bit of um, yeah. theory crafting. I just know there's two that I'm going to be buying right off the bat. But which ones? Depending on what they are. The Colombo and the Elbing. The Elbing, I think, will be good. That That's a great cruise oh cruiser sorry it's a great td <laughs> it is a mini cruiser with its ap if you haven't got the elbing get it wait for a cruiser yeah, pl- actually yeah no 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 please uh i psa for all of the minotaurs that turned broadside in front of my elbing thank you you single-handedly cured my depression this week i decapitated like six minotaurs one night in my elbing because they just smoke up and turn out and then i just walk up to within their smoke fire penalty which is like six seven eight kilometers and mine's like three so then i just kill them oh i love it think about the poor minnows i've done that with a druid on half health they're sitting broadside in their smoke i, I crawl up on them and with two forward firing guns because they can't smack me nose in as hard they just die yeah 
Thank you. Thank never, you. Never thank you, Minnow players. Never change. Yep. Never change. Um, but yeah, look, I think unique upgrades are great for them to also give some weaker ships, <clears throat> Hayete, um, a different option because you can't really can build it for guns or torpedoes. And um, I, I just think um, it gives them different different ideas. I hope I hope we'll get that in time. Yeah, I, I think we will, but I, I think it's going to be an in-time type deal. Talk about a boat that did pass my radar until it got announced for its resource, which was for Steel, the Z42. It came out in Devblog 386. Um, this is going to be a variant of the 1936B destroyer class fielded by the Kriegs Marine. Unlike her sister ships, she's going to have dual purpose guns, which are spread out between five twin 105mm mounts. They compare her to the Harugamo for a quicker firing guns with increased armor pen and good AP shell damage. Um, they say she's good at countering enemy DDs. But I've, I put the stats down for Greeny to hear. See, sorry, not here. Um, what do you think of the Z42 as a tier 10? They say she's got lower hit points, but her stock hit points is 19,700. And with um, Survivability Expert, that's a pretty strong DD still, I've got to say. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I think we've just got a Gumo on our, on our hands, boys. Uh, we're going to have a, except it's going to be a smaller Gumo. Um, do we know what type of smoke it gets? A quick rapid. Short. Short. Oh, so it gets, so, so it's a Harugumo with daring smoke, mm. engine boost, which daring also doesn't get because they didn't want to give it. A proper hydro, by the way. Yeah, and 105s, which are going to have a, a absolutely cracked reload. So, and because it's German, it's going to get quarter pen as opposed to fifth pen I, or whatever I, I, that everything else gets. I, I, I was looking at that, and um, I've got a note here, but going through the Hydro, the Hydro has the standard. It goes two minutes. Torpedo detect is 4Ks. The ship detection is six kilometers. A proper German Hydro at tier 10. So she's going to be a beast, especially with that rapid smoke that you can just drop, kill something, and then get out of um, dodge. Um, we've mentioned her main battery is 5x205 millimeter guns. The stock firing range is 12.6 kilometers. Um, HE shell damage is 1200. HE shell penetration stock, they say, is 26 millimeters. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, it's got. Okay. I, I the other thing is do we know the reload on these guns? Um, yes, uh, yeah. reload is 3.17 seconds stock. Oh, okay, because I was going to say, because if we didn't, the 105 secondaries in the Schlieff would have a two-second reload, which would be absolutely nutty. But yeah, three seconds on 10 105s is still, still a little... I, I would still yeah. on module six, I would do the reload, which is 12%, so you're going to get that down to 2.8, 2.7 especially with Adrenaline Rush, and um, I'd, I'd do the range mod on the Captain, just because 12.6 is a bit short, um, especially if you want to engage those radars a little bit out of range. Um, but the, the HE shell penetration, 26 mils, I haven't done the math if that is the improved HE for German DDs or not, because I looked at the Harugamo on ship's tools with the 100 millimeters, 
And that set of pen 30 mils. I'm going to check that again. That set of pen um, 30 mils without IFHE. And I was like, well, that that's a um, smaller caliber gun. <laughs> and yeah, I, I think it's... Pen's a 30. Um, I yeah, it's... It's got to have quarter pen, man. There's no way. Going to the HE shells, the Japanese one, 100 millimeters, pens are 30 mil. So I don't think this German one comes with the inbuilt. IFHE. Well, no, the Japanese, the Japanese have the inbuilt IFHE too, yes, the 100s. But, but so, so do German HE shells and all the other DDs. You don't need IFHE on any cruiser or DD because it has inbuilt IFHE. It has the improved IFHE. It's a quarter. Yeah. So when I'm so it comes with it. The the Z the Z42 has it then, right? Or am I? I oh, know I thought it didn't because it's only pinning up to twenty six mils at one hundred and five. The Japanese one hundred millimeter mm. goes up to thirty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was getting my things mixed up. So, chance to cause fire is five percent. So, I, I would nearly look at doing IFHE to get that pin above thirty. Um, and then you go down to two and a half percent. You can put DE the fire flags so that will get you back up to five. So you're not really losing much out out by putting IFHE in my opinion, but you can still run with 26 mil. You're going to wreck some cruisers. You're going to get a lot of superstructure in DDs, but and her AP is going to be German AP. So anything broadside, you're absolutely going to spank. I, I really, really am excited for this DD. AP shell damage is at 2,300 per shell. So if you're sending out 10 shells at a Minotaur broadside in front of your greenie at 2,300 per shell, and you hit with all 10, that is you do the math: twenty-three by twenty-three hundred by ten. The twenty-three hundred—that's twenty-three thousand damage. Yes, if you hit with all ten with your zero guns, every three point one seconds stuck, that could be a very dead minnow very quickly. Minnows are oppressed. Um, yes, ugh, Colbert's too, dude. Any any of the light cruisers you come across are just going to get absolutely eaten by this thing. Even heavy cruisers that are broadside, even at 10Ks, you're still going to clap into their upper belt. You're going to hurt them. Now, depth charges, you only get two charges, eight, eight bombs in a charge, slow reload at 40 seconds. Damage is pretty low at 2200. I would not be using this DD to actively hunt high hit point submarines. It might not be good for you. Uh, torpedoes are 2x4, 533 millimeters. I'm assuming um, center lines. Top damage is good at 18,400. Um, that's stock. Range is only 10 kilometers. That's respectable. And speed is 66 knots. Reload 100 seconds. So, pretty much um, middle of the table. The top detectability is a bit of a problem at 1.8. So, these are more. In your face, I'm going to torp you BB as I come around the corner or area denials. Or you get pure chance. If someone eats these torps because they're going to be spotted by a fair way out, um, that's on them. I don't know. What do you think about those torps? I, I just think that all around we have a pretty good ship. Um, I think the torps are going to be usable. I think they're going to be good zoning torps. I think they're going to just be, you know, mm. good torps to have. And I think they're going to be the icing on that 105mm rapid fire cake. IA is is not the best. So per short range under three K is um, continuous damage is ninety eight. So that's under three K. Medium range is out to three point five, and that's seventy seven continuous damage per second. Long range is out to five point two. So these are your um, potentially dual purpose guns. One hundred and twelve 
you do get flak that goes out to from 3.5 to 5.2 get you do get five flak clouds that go off and 15.40 for each flak cloud eaten um the flak clouds aren't bad but a lot of players can avoid that flak cloud so let's just hope you come across a flak muncher because um yeah it's aa's okay it's not the worst i've seen but it's nothing that's going to deep plane cvs yeah good speed at 36 and a half knots um rather shift time 4.4 look everything about her is is okay slot one dcp slot two short short burst smoke generator so the smoke screen dispersion time is 40 seconds past that last puff and it reloads every 70 seconds, so six charges. So very much a Royal Navy-esque smoke. You get an engine slot in the uh, engine boost in slot three and a hydro in the slot four. So no heal. So you, you have to make use of your smokes and island hiding, etc. I, I think overall she will be well compared to the last steel boat that shall not be named with red spotter planes at Addy Bort. Um, this one's, I think, on paper worth picking up. What boat is that, Griefer? The Vallejo. Mmm. Mm, Vallejo. Don't you want one, Greeny? Oh, so much. So much. I might get one not, for Christmas. Not in the slightest. Um, no, I actually have a lot of uh i i have a little bit of an income problem when it comes to steel so i i will not be getting it maybe at christmas time you can get lots of steel from all your eights and nines lying around in port that's true <laughs> that's very true i also expect a hundred dollars worth of christmas crates from all the viewers from all of the joys we have brought you doesn't Honey Badger owe you a hundred dollars worth of Christmas crates? Honey Badger owes me a shitload of crates, but he's just dodging me like I dodge taxes. So you know, he's just—I'm never going to see those goddamn crates. You have to have work oh. with Honey Badger. I I will I will I will I will. Speaking of people, have you actually taken a look at our demographic page on uh, no, Anchor? No. I have not uh, thus far. There's a lot of people listening to us from a whole bunch of different places that I wasn't expecting. Obviously, we have, you know, your United States at the top because we're an English podcast. That makes sense. Canada is in a strong second because they're the 50, you know, they're, they're another state. Okay. Australia at 12. Ooh. I know. Germany. We have more German listeners, listeners than English listeners. And then we we have we have a listen we have listeners from India, Norway, Netherlands, Denmark, Portugal, Sweden, the Czech Republic. Yes, yes. One from Ireland, um, Brazil, Spain, Argentina, what, what Switzerland. Is the, what is the most exotic country that surprised you on that list? Romania, oh, Romania, Hong Kong, Hong Kong's on here. Shout, Thailand. Shout, the, shout out to those listeners in those countries. Yep, Japan. Russia, because I didn't think they'd be able to access Spotify. <laughs> no, it's not. On, I put it on Google as well. Google. Oh, okay, it's okay, not okay. On Spotify. Um, it's on Anchor FM directly. You can access it via Spotify and Google Play. I've just never got around to Apple Play because I hate Apple. 
China, Macedonia, Macedonia, Macedonia. We have the Bahamas. Whoever's in the Bahamas, Bahamas. I'm coming to your house. Oh, yeah. Can we have a, Can we have a party time at the Bahamas? Yep. Whoever you are, we're kicking you out of your house and we're staying there. Unless you're using a VPN, in which case, please let me know before I buy my tickets, <laughs> so I don't end up just sitting at the airport. Why I'm so sad, Bahama Airport. Greece. Um, awesome. do you want to know? Do you want to know? It's very funny. What's that? Greece and Turkey are right next to each other on listener counts, and I find that very funny because Greece and Turkey don't like each other. Oh. That was very interesting. Luxembourg? I forgot that country even existed. Uh, it's, it's 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 smaller than some cities. We also have uh, this. This was another thing. Two percent of our listener base is female. Thank you to those that are listening. Yep. Greeny is I, a yeah. single. Yep, I'm single and I'm ready to mingle with 2% of the audience. <laughs> we have two, and there it goes. Oh, it just dropped down to zero. What do you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's weird. All of the different, um, you know, when, 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 you, when you host a podcast and you just talk about a podcast or talk on a podcast, you don't really think about it. South Africa, Costa Rica, there's all of these different people. And it's, it's weird that my stupid ramblings and Griefer's coherent thoughts are, are being heard around the world. And it's yeah. just really kind of really interesting. Really, really do appreciate all the listeners. You, you yeah, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to take a, a minute and, and thank all of those, uh, thank all those people from all across the world and all of the different countries. Now, it's, it's very interesting. I, I will say this in advance, as we lead into December, I will aim to give away a tier 8 or tier 9 vote on the podcast. Somehow, we will come up with a an idea for a giveaway. No, no idea how, but we will come, maybe just a poll on um, something and everyone who replies, and we'll just use the RNG to pick a name, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. We do something through a Discord server. Um... People react, they enter. Yeah. Um, that's another thing. Um, the, one of the main reasons why I brought up all of these different countries and all of these different people is because um, you know, we'd really like to interact with all of you. So either join um, either Griefer's Discord, Griefer's Stream Discord, or the Bonks Discord. I'd love to personally talk to uh, a lot of people here. We'd love to know what we can do better. And um, interacting and stuff like that will... We'll, We'll definitely be doing giveaways and stuff like that in the future. Mm. So it'll be good to, you know, be in contact and get rewards and stuff. Exactly. So, anyway, that that's my social announcement. We have a history segment this week. Yes, yes, something a little bit different. Um, now, most of you will have heard of the Battle of Crete or the Evacuation of Crete. But there were actually several naval battles um, for this for the island of Crete. The Germans controlled the air; they had air superiority. The Royal Navy had dominance on the water, um, and there. Were, but still, even that dominance, because it's not like World of Warships, we just constantly shoot your guns. The, the British ships, after a few salvos or engagements, are running low on ammunition for main batteries. They're running desperately low on anti-aircraft ammunition. Um, so it's a really interesting um, battle throughout its context. Greedy, did you want to kick off? Or? 
Well, I'm still kind of reading through it here, and unfortunately, the Mediterranean campaign is something that I still really need to do some read up, reading up on. That once again, thank you, Edward, for giving me that book. That's going to kind of kick me in that direction here. But so if it, so, I'll, I'll just kick off um, Operation Mercury from the Germans. It was a airborne invasion of Crete. They landed at strategic airfields and facilities to secure it. Yeah, they, they still, if I sorry, go. No, I was just going to say, if I remember correctly, it was a whole bunch of British, Greek, British, and well, I think it was just British and Greek troops that had evacuated from the Greece, no, Greek no, mainland. The Commonwealth, they're Australians as well, and other nations. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, Commonwealth peoples, you know, they, they were all evacuated from the battles in Greek and Greece. I just said Greek. Jesus Christ, I need a drink. Um, <laughs> And I, I remember that Germany kind of wanted to go in and finish them off. And if I remember correctly, there was uh, a lot of paratrooper action from both sides. A lot of Falsham Jägers and uh, uh, paratroopers as well. Mm, they were. They, they, they had. That was the first major uh, paratrooper airborne invasion of the Second World War. There, there were small um, units of it taking part in Holland. Belgium and um, Norway, etc. But the the biggest airborne invasion to date at the time was then on Crete. Yeah. So, uh, looking at the naval side, you've got on the twenty first, twenty second of May, so two days where they tried to send twenty landing ships, only escorted by an Italian torpedo boat, um, and the British had the cruisers and destroyers, and they were able to drive them off. So, it, the, the Germans kept having to try and land uh, troops even though they had their paratroopers there they had secured airfields and they could bring in uh, planes and supplies they couldn't get all their heavy equipment in that way so the, and other troops so they had troops ready to come in uh, via the naval routes and they kept trying the access the allies kept countering them um but the german air superiority was very very strong so the the british ships like um there was a cruiser hmas carlisle she was hit um that they were going very very low on anti-aircraft so they couldn't keep engaging the germans to stop these invasions because they, they had nothing to counter the german air superiority yeah yeah this was not a good time to be part of the allies this is still when germany was very much a, a juggernaut yes in in the area so so you look at it you look at it like early 22nd of may so this is still early into the conflict cruisers like um ajax orion sorry um the orions of bb no leander sorry leander class like cruiser fiji my favorite um dido um Gloucester, Gloucester, oh, Gloucester, um, a lot of these vessels were down on their long range AA ordnance by 40, 38, 30, 18% on the Gloucester. Um, so that's on the second day of the, like the conflict, they were ordered back to Alexandria to rearm. So even though you had the ship advantage and firepower it's just amazing how that air air power it's emulated in the, the game world of warships with cvs was able oh, no. just to decimate 
or drive the cruisers off because there was nothing they could do. Yeah, I mean, there, there, that happened a few times down in the Guadalcanal campaign where Henderson Airfield would be turned into the surface of the moon. And because the Cactus Air Force wasn't able to provide top cover, a lot of U.S. Uh, larger assets had to re, you know, retreat from the area mm-hmm. because the Japanese were still capable of naval raiding and, and air raids. Um, so air, air power, World War II was always, and it, it, it's always been the war that, that forged and cemented the power of, of air power. Because exactly, you had battles like this. Again, even if you even if you look at the at the the strength, it's forty two thousand Allied troops, um, twenty two thousand German paratroopers, two thousand seven hundred lost Italians, and they they have you know two hundred eighty bombers, one hundred fifty dive bombers, one hundred and eighty fighters, five hundred transports, and eighty troop gliders. And using all of those bombers and fighters and the, the transports and the troop gliders, they, Germany was able to displace a disproportionately, well, a force that's almost twice its size, you know? Yeah, and they, they, they did it just with the constant um, air pressure. Mm-hmm. There, there were no supplies coming in for the Commonwealth troops because they were driven off mainland Greece. They couldn't hold on to Crete as like a... A bastion as they did with Great Britain itself. Um, and they were driven off like late May from the 28th to the 1st. There was an evacuation, and any troops that could embark onto Royal Navy vessels went from Crete to Egypt. But there were, they only rescued about 6,000 troops. Um, and there were many that were captured after, after the battle. Yeah, it's it's very interesting to go through here, and and especially the naval area because again, this is when earlier in the war the the Allied powers were just kind of sorting out exactly how they're going to adequately deal with situations like this, um, in terms of ship deployment and stuff like that. Yep. yep. Now I bring this up, um, this battle because the Luftwaffe were. Quite successful, and they sunk one of my favourite ships in the game. So the Luftwaffe were able to sink the HMS Gloucester, the Fiji, the best British, the best cruiser in the game. If you're looking for a fun cruiser, take the Fiji and the Calcutta, and they destroyed numerous destroyers as well. Um, even yeah. the Italian bombers who who um, partook in the invasion that they got the hms juno and damaged the hms imperial but there were lots of damage across the board the royal navy aircraft carrier formidable um, battleships war spite why did they ever get rid of the war spite look at her battle honors and uh, no, don't uh, get me started like the ajax the dido the orion even the hmas perth who is in game um took damage as well so, yeah, it it was a it was very much a Guadalcanal of the Mediterranean, where it was just a meat grinder for both man and machine. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, the British were the ones who got kind of got pushed off. They were the Japanese in this situation, and they kind of got pasted. And like you, you look at you look at the definite kills. Like you got the 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 Gloucester, the Fiji, the Calcutta, the Juno, amongst and um, a few others. 
and you look at the confirmed kills for the aircraft maybe this is emulated correctly in game there were only 20 enemy aircraft shot down for certain with 11 probables and 15 damaged so how much naval firepower have you lost for a handful of planes yeah i mean that's the that's the thing for pearl harbor that's the thing for oh god i keep saying i'm a naval historian but was it toronto Taranto, where the Toronto, yeah, where the Royal, we should discuss that. The Royal yeah. Navy um, struck at the Italian ships because everyone remembers Pearl Harbor and so forth. But the Royal Navy strike on Toronto was before Pearl Harbor, and it showed how ships anchored at in port without adequate AA or aircraft defenses could be absolutely damaged and hurt. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it is a really interesting battle um, in just how much the Royal Navy lost equipment-wise for their vessels. Um, it was a lost battle for them, um, and they did evacuate a portion of their troops, but a lot of them had to surrender. So even with naval superiority, you had an aircraft carrier. They didn't have any land-based aircraft that I'm aware of, other than what was on the island itself. Um, they did destroy a good percentage of the allied planes on the island. So once they went down, they could just dominate the waters yeah. and everything else. And eventually they did get their ships through to Crete. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It It is very, very interesting. I, I just kind of coined that phrase, the Guadalcanal of the Mediterranean, but it's the more I look at it, the more and more fitting it is. Yep. Just with the with the jarring of both naval air power and, and air power and naval assets. So even though they lost a hood and other ships, for the British themselves, the Battle of Crete was the costliest naval engagement of the entire war. Yeah. So they had a lot of victories against the Italians at Taranto in the in the actual naval engagements in the Mediterranean, but the, this one engagement against majority German and German air power was that they lost so many of their vessels and damages. Yeah, the yeah the the Mediterranean was a was a pub fight of a naval battle, and that was just mainly down to the size of the body of water you're fighting in, uh, and and the close proximity to land. We're gonna have to touch upon that. More. Because the Italians had some great equipment on their sorry on their, all their vessels, just some poor poor equipment choices and some poor training doctrines. I think um, when when you read how they lost some of their best cruisers, you just go, how does that happen in a professional military? Yeah, that's. I mean, there, there's 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 a meme where it's like. I forget the name of it, but uh, or I forget exactly who it was, but a country with like 14 troops captured like 12,000 Italians or something. <laughs> there, there was just a lot of a lot of miscommunications and, and, and pileups on the Italian side during the, the Second World War. Not to not to diss any any semblance of, of anybody who served and fought for their country, because regardless, no, no, no. It, it's, yeah. it's not to do that. Um, it's just it, it's it's interesting because italy was no, it a is. fascist country longer than germany were but a lot of the population uh, say that it, it, yeah it's just they, they got a lot more effective results out of the um german army than they did out of the italian one. 
and the Italian army wasn't a joke. But the First World War, they were on the Allies. Um, they they fought well. They they got um, a few concessions, probably not enough. Thus, why they had upheavals. It, the Mediterranean, on paper, looks like it should have been a really close battle. But the we'll look, we'll touch upon that another time. Touch upon that another. Hmm. I think that that's going to be very interesting. I think I'm definitely going to do Toronto for next week. All right, we'll do Toronto. I must say thank you, Greeny, for taking out um, time this week after your hot, sweaty day in the deli. Mmm, yes. Nobody threw ham at me this week, so, you know, the job's looking up. Did someone throw ham at you last week? Uh, the week before, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you next week. All right, till then. No credits. Care. Take care, everyone. Stay safe out there. Enjoy the game. Have fun. And we'll see you in there. Goodbye.